the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. You are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Living live, like it matters. This is, as Lee said, an hour of power. Why? Because we're going to help you use the one organ in your brain that never has to deteriorate. I'm sorry, the one organ in your body, your brain, it never has to deteriorate. You know, of all the organs in our bodies, ladies and gentlemen, each one has a time date stamp. Each one has a beginning and each one has an ending. There's only so many breaths in your lungs. There's only so many beats of your heart. There's only so many filtrations of your kidneys, of your livers. But can I tell you something? That God gave us unlimited plasticity in our brain. It is the one organ in our body that never has to deteriorate. It can be as young, as fresh, and as 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 mobile, flexible as possible. But if you don't use it, it's atrophy. You're going to lose it. And so there's no reason for some of the mental decay that we have on in this country, except that if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And so that's one thing we like to do on this radio show is we want to we get you thinking. You know, we're to question things. Science, the whole basis of science is to question things. If you're a believer in God, you should question things. You should question everybody that's telling you what God's saying. Can you support that? Can you look that up in Scripture? Just like anything I say, if it doesn't support it by Scripture, uh, it's just opinion. And my opinion and a dollar uh, will get you a very, very, very small cup of coffee at the local come and go. I'm just telling you, uh, my opinion, like your opinion, the only value it has is what somebody else gives it. Let's be honest. And so today we're going to talk about that one resource, that one commodity that we all need. You know, I think it was Hal Lindsey or somebody said, you know, you can you can live, uh, what, a couple of days without water. You can live uh, a couple of weeks without food, but you can't live without hope. And I got to tell you, for a lot of people, if you want to empathize, uh, they're helpless and hopeless. Whether you like it or not, there's a lot of people that feel like America is dying on them. Now, maybe you're not one of them, but this is not about you. Remember rule number one about being a leader is get off yourself, leader. There's a lot of people that feel lost. There's a lot of people that see their country dying in front of them. There's a lot of people that have a problem with fraudulent elections and with being told what to think. I mean, so whether you're part of that group or not, you could have some empathy. And see, why that matters is because this thing called hope, 
is so important. You ever hear that saying that hope springs eternal? Isn't that great? That means, man, hope could just keep you going forever. See, hope gives us a reason to endure. Hope is the thing most needed today. Again, we can live a few days without water, a few weeks without food, but it is death within life without hope. What do you think suicide is? It's helpless and hopeless. Someone's life is so bad today and they see no way that it can be better tomorrow. So they create a permanent solution to a temporary problem. See, when we have no hope, we have no reason to strive or to thrive. And today in this hour of power, we're going to be joined by a recent graduate of Team 235. And we're going to dive into the why. And the why is always hope. See, without hope, people have no reason to keep pushing forward. I used to say this all the time. Can you imagine how someone could kill someone for a dollar? And most of you would say, absolutely not. And then I say, okay, here's what you're going to do now. Now I want to step you into the inner city. Let's just say the south side of Chicago. And let's just put a color of skin on you that basically tells you that you ain't getting out of the south side of Chicago unless you're in a casket or you're in the back of a police car with handcuffs on. If that was your lot in life and you absolutely believed that there's only one way to get out of the hell that you call everyday life and that's through a casket or the back of a police car cuffed, do you see how someone can kill someone for a dollar? Now, I'm not saying it's okay. I, I think you throw the book at them. I'm not, I'm not okaying it. I'm not agreeing with it. I don't think it's right. Move all that aside, leader. What I'm saying is can you understand and if you're saying no, it's because you don't have this thing called empathy. Empathy is the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. And what we need in this country, today is men and women who understand. We don't mean men and women who are marching for justice, because I promise you, when justice comes knocking at your door, Jesse Smollett, <laughs> you ain't going to want to answer the door. No, I'm talking about understanding, mercy, grace, but it all comes down to hope. Because without hope, nothing else matters. See, in 1952, a woman named Florence Chadwick decided to attempt the 26-mile swim between California coastline and Catalina Island. During her swim, Chadwick traveled with a team whose job it was to keep an eye out for sharks and be prepared to assist in the event of unexpected cramps, injury, fatigue, you know, to look out for her safety. Roughly 15 hours into her swim, she got tired. A thick fog began to set in, clouding Chadwick's vision, her confidence. She was losing hope. Her mother happened to be in one of the boats at the time as Chadwick relayed to her team. She didn't think she could complete the swim. She had lost hope. It was seeming hopeless. She swam for another hour of hopelessness, an hour of hopelessness in deep water. And then guess what she decided to do? She called it quits. As she sat in the teetering boat, she discovered if she had just continued on for one more mile, she would have reached the Catalina Island. See, ladies and gentlemen, without hope, many people quit a dream, and they could be on the brink of its realization. It's when the challenges feel the most daunting that we often are closer to our destination than we feel ourselves to be. But if we don't have hope, we don't keep going. It was Irish poet uh, John O'Donohue writes the following in his book, Anankara. It says, if you ever 
have occasion to be out early in the morning before the dawn breaks, you will have noticed that the darkest time of night is immediately before dawn. The darkness deepens and becomes more anonymous. If you have ever been to the world and never known what a day was, you couldn't possibly imagine how the darkness breaks, how the mystery and the color of a new day arrives. Light is incredibly generous, but also gentle. When you attend to the way the dawn comes, you learn how light can coax the dark. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you just got to push through, and that requires hope. Remember, the fog never stays but hope clears the way. And so here's the key with the story. See, two months after Chadwick's failed attempt, she did it again. She swam once more. Once again, a thick fog set in. Once again, her body was aching. But the difference is this time she had hope. This time she had a mental image of the shoreline. This time, she knew that when things got toughest to keep pushing, that she was almost there. And not only did she succeed because she had hope, but Chadwick ended up making the swim an additional two times. And by the way, for good measure, Chadwick became the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. And did I mention? She did it in record time. Same scenario. Same person, same physical structure, same time in her life, same everything. But one thing was different. In one, she lost hope. In the other, she retained hope. And ladies and gentlemen, how about you? And maybe it's not you specifically, but look around. Lift up your eyes. Get out of your own head and start looking around. Look at the person in the room across from the hall. Look at the person in the cubicle next to you. How about that person at Cub Foods? Maybe they need a little bit of hope, and maybe you're the one to bring it. After the break, we're going to be joined by a recent graduate of Team 235 who went into my training, Helpless and Hopeless, who comes out awesome with lots of hope. You're going to hear from her. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job which I can still hold while I serve part-time. 
That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today, I want to give you a double dose, a double portion, a double surfing, uh, serving of that thing called hope. You know, hope springs eternal. Uh, hope is daily food of every individual that wants to do better today than yesterday. See, without hope, why would you strive? Without hope, why would you thrive? See, if someone says they love you, but you don't believe they love you, are you loved? Now, most of us, we know the answer is no, because even if they do love us, we would act as if they don't. You know, would you give your life for a lie? Well, let's be honest, most people wouldn't give it for the truth, right? And so this thing called hope, hope is a bunch of BS. And you know what I'm talking about, listeners, right? I'm not talking, I'm from Texas. I'm not talking about the stuff I'm stepping in as I walk through the pastures of a cattle ranch. That's not the BS I'm talking about. I'm talking about belief system. And everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And within that belief system, either is helplessness or hopelessness, or you can replace it with some hopefulness. And so if you don't believe me, Let's go to the phones. So let's go to line number one, and let's welcome Melinda to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, Melinda? I'm doing good. You? You are doing good, aren't you? I am. <laughs> you are. So uh, uh, Melinda uh, came to us like everybody else in 30 years. You know, if you want to know what I'm talking about, go to likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net, and you can read about it. So, Melinda, you were referred. Who who uh, who referred you to our class? You don't have to give me a name if you don't want to, but who referred you? My uncle Jim. Okay, cool, cool. And and I remember you telling me Jim was kind of like a like a second father to you, correct? Yeah, he since my dad just recently passed away. Yeah. And your dad just recently passed. As a matter of fact, you've had a lot of a uh, loss in your life recently, haven't you? I sure have. Yeah, I mean, you got uncles and aunts and. Uh, uh, you just had a cousin you told me about that attempted suicide. Was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. And actually, yes. 
and actually didn't succeed and actually came out a lot worse. So now he's probably uh, brain dead, but he's still alive. But uh, it, it's tough, right? You're going through a lot. It is, yes. And, and is that fair to say? And again, please know that you don't have to share anything you don't want to. No one knows who you are. Uh, but you are in the Twin Cities. You're one of our listeners. And uh, uh, is it fair to say that you've had uh, um, uh, some trauma and drama in your life? Oh, yes. Okay. So you're an attractive woman. You're a single mom. What, you got a 12-year-old son, correct? 13. Yeah, I have a, a spouse. Yeah, you have a spouse. So, okay, you're married. So married, well, and you have a 13-year-old, right? A 12-year-old, yeah. 12-year-old. He just turned 12, yeah. And so, and there's uh, there's trauma and drama in our past and our life and uh, some things that uh, you'd rather not be a part of your life, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's fair. And by the way, me too. And by the way, most listeners right now, if you could see them, they'd be raising their hand up pretty high too. So just so you know. So uh, so here it is. Your your uh, uh, Uncle Jim uh, told you, hey, you should go this train. Now, you also know that you're, uh, you've had a couple people that you know in your family go to my training, correct, and quit. Yeah. So you had one person quit, uh, which was Jim's uh, a family member, and uh, he didn't want to be there, and we did our best to keep him there, a young man. And then we had uh, your aunt, who's his sister, who went through, but really wouldn't buy into the process, and she wound up getting a lower uh, a certificate. So you technically, when you were approached by Jim about my training, you'd heard some negative things, correct? Kind yeah. Yeah, in all fairness, I just want to be fair to set up the picture for our listeners, right? So so now Jim comes to you and says, hey, Melinda, I want you to go to this training that my son quit and that my sister, your aunt, thought was nothing, right? Sign me up, Jim. (laughs) Right? And that's fair setup, right? You think so? Yeah. Okay. So you got to be honest with me, and it's okay. You won't hurt my feelings. Thursday night, you're in the classroom now. You decide to go. You're in that classroom five minutes into it. What are you thinking, Melinda? Nervous, scared. You know, like, what am I getting into? Like, you know, just. Yeah. And I'm pretty intense, right? Fair enough? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're wondering, what did I do wrong to this guy? Why is he so upset with <laughs> yeah. me? Right? I mean, something like that's going on, right? Yep, yep. Because I put a lot of pressure on you, right? I put a lot of pressure in, and now you realize why. Not to be mean, not so I can be just like a lot of other people in our life, but I'm squeezing you. And now you realize I'm squeezing you not to be mean, but I want you to see that when life squeezes you, the only thing that can come out of you is what's in you, right? Now you know that, Correct. Yes, I do. And so when I first started squeezing you, what was coming out of you? Oh, uh, I was like, well, he's just another kind of guy that's yelling at me, yep. you know? Um, yeah. You know, and like, you know, kind of like, do I walk out? Do I stay? Do I, yep. you know? And you've had a history of people, men, uh, not being nice to you, correct? Yeah. So now here's just another guy, right? Right, Melinda? <laughs> yeah. Another guy treating you like you have no value or you're nothing, right? Yes. Now you know that wasn't what was going on, but that was kind of your thought process, right? Yeah. Yeah, because that's what you're used to. That's what you know. But what happened is at some point in the training, something shifted. And all of a sudden you realize I wasn't doing things to you. I was doing things for you. Is that, is that fair? Yes, sir. Okay. And where do you think that shift took place? Again, you can be as specific or general as you want to be. So where do you think that shift took place? What happened that made that shift happen? It shifted for me when I decided to open up 
um, during our sharing. Like it was very humbling for yeah. me. So that's when I came out and, you know, let my things. So what happened, let me just lay down what really happened unconsciously because I'm dealing at the unconscious level. So you got to a point where you trusted. Yes. You got to a point where you felt there was some hope. Mm-hmm. You got to a point where you felt, hey, this might matter if I was to share something out loud, correct? Correct. And the reason I say that like that is for the listener's benefit. Because, you know, I dealt the unconscious level. And, you know, we are unconscious creatures. We're running around only using 3 to 5% of our brain consciously. The rest is still functioning, but it's at the unconscious level. It, it's similar, and I, I talk about this, to driving home after work when you're done with work. I mean, your mind is somewhere else, but your body's hitting the gas and hitting the brake, your body's putting the blinkers on, your, your bo- body's steering the wheel, and yet mentally you're somewhere else. That's how we can function at an unconscious level. Uh, and so with that hope, with that trust, now you shared. And when you shared, what did it feel like? What did, it, did it make you feel bad? Did it make you feel connected? When you were able to open up and share and realize people were listening to you, what did that do for you? It took a tons of bricks off my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. finally be free. Yep. It felt like you mattered, like people cared. Uh, and, exactly. and, and that's one thing I tell people all the time. You know, people are running around asking for justice. That's not what we need. We need understanding. We need empathy. Uh, we need mercy. We need grace. Uh, and that's something you haven't been given a lot. I mean, you've had a rough life. You've done some things like I've done some things I'm not proud of. Some things are what I call unforced errors. You know, it's really easy to get mad at someone else when they do something to us. But when we cause it ourselves, set ourselves up, that's even worse. And Most definitely. Hey, man, you spent 48 hours in my class, and, and you're probably in what, early, uh, late 20s, early 30s. Is that fair? Uh, late 30s. Okay, late yeah. 30s. You look good for your age. <laughs> yeah, late 30s. Uh, and so... 48 hours of my class. Now tell my listeners, what was the benefit of that? What's the biggest takeaway? What's the biggest benefit you feel you got from the class that you went through with me? Freedom. You know, hope that there's, you know, something out there, you know, for anybody. Mm. You know, not just. Including you? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I need it, you know, just like everyone else. Yep. And, And we have a tendency to live in the past. And we do have a, yeah. what's called our family of origin issues. And, you know, the, the Bible is pretty good. And you are a, a Christian as well. Uh, you're a believer like I'm a believer. And, and um, you know, I, I share my faith pretty openly. It's not a religious class, but you have no doubt that I'm a man of God. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, and the Bible says that the sins of the father go three to four generations for those who hate God. Uh, and um, I always tell people that's not a curse. Uh, it, basically, what we do is we create an environment. Uh, for our kids to uh, to go through. And that environment could cause uh, damage for generations. Again, you said late 30s, uh, and you're still living in a lot of pain, a lot of hurt from some environments that your dad set up that you had to go through, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, start from childhood. Yeah, and I mean, from you're probably dealing with pornography, abuse, some stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and that's all you've known. And then this is the problem. You know, hurting people hurt people. And there's many, been many times that that pain in you has probably came out and been directed towards other people, correct? Most definitely. And matter of fact, in the class, it's intense, yes? I mean, I, w- I want you to get it all out, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was hard for you, wasn't it? 
It sure was. Why for was a person it, why was it hard? Speak. Yeah, why was it hard? Because yeah. I'm not a person that talks about myself. I'm more of like helping others. But, yep. you know, how can I, you know, help when I'm not, you know, fully healed myself? Yeah. Amen. And what have you noticed different about yourself this week? Uh, what have you noticed how you've interacted with people, whether it be your son or your husband or whoever? What have you noticed different? I'm more positive. I redirect in a better way than just kind of screaming, hollering, you know, yeah. um, making them think, you know, that is it right for that to be said around mom or, you know, kind of that thing, you know? Yeah. Um, Things like that, you know, just redirecting and then it's like, well, you know, they stop and it's like, you know, yeah, you're right, mom. <laughs> yeah, and, and you have hope, right? You know today that if you do something different, then that the response and the outcome can be much different, correct? Oh, yes, much more peaceful. And and before you got to my class, that didn't happen. So, hey, will you do me a favor? Just stay on. I want to, I got two more questions for you. We're going to a hard break, so three-minute break. Stay with me, Melinda. Uh, for the rest of you listening, I am Mr. Black. Today we are talking about hope. It's the number one commodity of a leader, and it is the one thing that is missing and is most needed. We'll be right back. listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before and it's there's nothing like it there's 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 no way to explain it with words you have to experience it leadership awakening change your heart change your mind change your life go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next leadership awakening it's not only changing lives it's saving lives that's likeitmatters.net slash schedule Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses and nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799 and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799. Text RON to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's RON to 99799. Again, text RON to 99799. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. 
A second tool, Books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, applications. Yeah, I'm so excited I jumped the gun on Lee's finger. So <laughs> thanks for joining us today. We are talking about hope, and hope moves people. Hope gives people reason to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and hit it again. Hope springs eternal, and what our caller has with them today that they didn't have last Thursday when they walked into my training room is hope. So let's welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, Melinda. Again, Melinda, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. I want to ask you, now that you've been through my class 48 hours and life still goes on, and again, yesterday you found out that your cousin attempted suicide and is in much worse shape, didn't die, but is uh, basically in a vegetative state. So uh, our prayers are with uh, his family uh, and with you. you. Let me ask you, what are you hopeful about today, Melinda? Every day to, you know, be alive, to spread, you know, the joyness, you know, that I've gotten. And a little bit of time, you know, with your class, you know, the last 37 years that I did have. Yeah. And things look different, right? They look different. They sound different. They feel different, right? They sure do. But yet nothing's changed but you. See, that's the cool thing. We can't control what happens to us. You, you, you know, again, you've been in an environment where some things have happened because of the environment you've been in. But now you're in control. Again, you have the same tools that you've always had, but now you know how to use them. But more importantly, you have hope. And you believe that that hope matters and it's going to make you do things different and so uh, i'm proud of you let me ask you what's, what's your biggest fear what are you afraid of nothing no <laughs> yeah. to be honest i mean nothing yeah and again things are going to happen that you don't like uh and you know yeah. if you get knocked down just like in class uh, um, emotionally psychologically not physically but you know now to pick yourself up dust yourself off and hit it again you know that correct and you know yeah. how. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, uh, anything, you got a lot of people listening like you. There's a lot of yous out there. There's a lot of me's out there. Uh, I've had a lot of people listen to my radio show for seven years. It's my seventh year on the radio. Uh, and yet some people listen for years and wouldn't even think of going. What would you tell someone? Should they go? Why would you, why would you encourage them to go? I would encourage anybody to go for any, you know, aspect in their life. It doesn't have to be, you know, severe. It's just anything, yeah. you know, great tool for anybody to have and yep. get whatever they're, you know, even if they don't know what their issue is. Yeah. And we all have issues. You, know? you saw that, right? Yeah. Uh, eight yep. people, neat people. They become brothers and sisters, friend. You had a, you had two 18 year old young men in there. Yeah. Uh, you had older people, you had Brown, you had white. You had, I mean, you had a nice variety of people who believed in God, people who didn't. Right. And yet you all came together and created a great team. You, you care about those people, don't you? Sure do. Yeah, that's awesome. In 48 hours, imagine if we can bring a group of total strangers with all different backgrounds, all different beliefs together like that in 40 hours. I don't know about you, but that gives me some hope for our future, huh? 
It sure does. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm here. I'm looking forward to walking with you. Anything I can do, good day or bad day, you know that's true. Please reach out to me, okay? Will do. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Have a great day, Melinda. You too. All right. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's the fiery furnace. You know, what I create is the fiery furnace. See, we used to believe in this country that adversity was the road to greatness. You look at some of the great success stories and what they're filled with is adversity. Whether you're talking about Abraham Lincoln, if you don't know why I'm bringing up Abraham Lincoln, Google. You'll see all his failure, all his struggles, all his disappointments, the loss of love, the loss of money, the loss of fame, the loss of a, a, of a business he started, sickness. And he kept overcoming. He kept picking himself up, dusting himself off, hitting it again and again. And he went on to be one of the greatest presidents ever that held this country together in a tumultuous time. Read about people like Sam Walton or Mary Kay or Colonel Sanders. Read about people like uh, uh, who, who had so much failure, had every door slammed in their face, who were told no, 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 no. How about Thomas Edison, right? I don't know, somewhere between 1,000 and 10,000 times. He did not create the incandescent light bulb. But each time he did not create it, he put a big checkbox because he knew that he was one step closer. See, this is where, are you looking at as failure or feedback? Are you under construction? Are you working to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today? See, the only way we can do any of that stuff is with hope. We've got to have hope. And let's be honest, a lot of us have struggled with, uh, with the environments we grew up in. They're called a family of origin. Remember, by the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. And this is why we got so many people being brought up without men in the home, without a, without a nuclear family. And right now there's a war on the family. There's a war on men. Um, masculinity has been outlawed. Whether you're talking about John Wayne or the Marlboro Man or Donald Trump, effeminate men is what's in now. Masculinity's outlawed. The only drug that's illegal on a college campus is toxic masculinity. It's masculinity. It's testosterone. And what we need to do is we need to build balance in our life. It's like the yin and the yang. It's the hard and the soft. We've got to build our personalities to be tough. And and parents, where are we challenging our kids to do better? You know, yesterday I was at Mall of America. I went with a friend of mine, a graduate, Trevor, and just to, to hang out. I don't like to be around lots of groups. I'm always on the radio. I got millions of people listening to me. I got, uh, you know, people listening to me every day. I got send a scripture out to a thousand people. People come to my graduations. People come to my trainings. And so when I'm not in class, I, I really don't like to be around a lot of people. I like to keep to myself. And so I went to Trevor with my son, uh, Benaya, seven and a half years old, and uh, he has a daughter as well. A beautiful little Selah. And uh, so they went. we went to Mall of America and uh, bought, you know, all-day badges and all that. And they just ran around, around rides. And so uh, I had to go out to my car. I parked pretty close in Level 5 in Nevada. Uh, and uh, I went and bought some stuff. I said, hey, Trevor, why don't you hang out with the kids on that ride? And I'm going to just drop stuff off. And I parked pretty close. And then I'll come back. And so I was gone maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Came back. And um, I see the two kids on rides. 
and they're on different rides. And uh, Benai has that little look on his face that I don't like as a dad. Uh, he's put off. He's got the SpongeBob long face, you know, don't like it. And so I walk up to Trevor and I didn't say anything, you know, I'm just, and he showed me a picture. He goes, took a picture, and it's a picture of the two kids in the same car, uh, his daughter smiling, and Benaya looking off in a totally different direction with this ugly look on his face that, again, as his dad, I do not like. Because it's poor me, it's victimhood, it's life ain't no fair look. I don't, I don't tolerate that with my family. And so um, I found out what was going on, and somehow they got in a fight, they got mad at each other, and now my son wanted nothing to do with her, you know. Uh, he wanted to ride with her, he wanted to play with her, and you could tell he, she was hurt. She was hurt, uh, and he was running around finding friends and playing with them. And so I came back and said, okay, let's, let's go off and go do something else. And I said, before we do that, though, I want to have a minute with my son. I need to talk to Benaya. So I pulled him over there into the little arcade where there's no one around. I got down on one knee so I could look him in the eye. And I said, yesterday, when we were at the Heupel's house, and there were three kids in the pool, brothers and sisters, and you wanted to play with them, and they wouldn't play with you. You remember that? And I said, how did that make you feel? He said, it made me sad. It made me feel like uh, no one wanted to be my friend. And, and I said, why would you want anybody to feel that way? And he started sobbing out loud. And he wrapped his arms around me and hugged me and started crying. And I said, let him hold me for a second. And then I said, okay, look out here. And I looked him in the eye again. I go, and then I gave him another example of that where he's always wanting to fit in, always wanting to play, always wanting to connect. And then people push him aside, whether we go to Dream Park or something. He's like a, a, uh, the only child, and he always wants to reach out to be everybody's friends at a playground and all that. And kids are mean. They're mean. They ignore him. They do all that. And I wanted him to remember that. I said, how did that make you feel? And he started crying again. I said, why would you want to make anybody else feel that way and he sobbed out loud and he held me he's a seven and a half year old boy and he held me and he says i'm so sorry daddy and i we talked it was probably a good 12 13 minutes and i had some tears in my eyes because he's got a good heart but he had to experience that pain he had to know that what he was doing was not acceptable i don't care what she did i don't care what she didn't do and see that's what's not happening see when i was a kid in sixth grade, I went to basic high school, C.T. Sewell. My dad struggled with pornography. And so as a sixth grader, I took my uh, dad's little magazines. I took out the center picture. You know, we call, used to call those the centerfold. And I sold them at C.T. Sewell for a dollar. And guess who got in trouble? I got busted. See, sins of the father go three to four generations. You know, my dad was a heavy chain smoker. And one day, I took a pack of his cigarettes and uh, I was smoking one, and I hid them under my little El Rancho at 16 years old. And my dad caught me, and he made me smoke a cigarette. I got so, a cigar, and I got so nauseous, I threw up. You know what? I struggled with pornography for years. I don't anymore because I was around it all my life. But you know what I never struggled with? Cigarettes. Because my dad gave me a punishment where I felt the consequences of that cigarette. Ladies and gentlemen, we all have family of origin issues. By the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. We cannot change the past, but we can draw a line in the sand and do the great up until now. Up until now, I struggle with this, but now I'm free to be the man I'm supposed to be. Up until now, I've never been an emotional person, and now I'm ready to start feeling again. 
up until now, I used to play the victim because America encouraged it. And now I realize that even though I might have been victimized, I am not a victim. Ladies and gentlemen, and the only way to deal with the past is to deal with the past. And if you want to be free to create a brand new future, then you first must process the past. And then you focus on a future. And then you learn how to live in the now. And with that, you know what we need? Hope. Because hope springs eternal. And hope is the number one commodity of a leader. I am Black. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about keeping hope alive. We'll be right back. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that Rack Shack attack, oh, Rack Shack barbecue. Make fresh daily cater to you. Homemade sauces, secret rubs too. It's America's food. With the vast majority of media today leaning hard left, it can be tricky to find news that actually shares, let alone defends, a conservative viewpoint. Hotair.com provides analysis and commentary from conservative writers like Ed Morrissey. Hotair.com. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. 
And all you got to do is go to likeitmatters.net. If you want to read more about what we've been talking about, this transformational process. And in a way, it is really like the smelting process. You know, God tells us that there are three steps to his process. Uh, There's a step of justification where you have to settle the war that we're at with God. Uh, And so we get redeemed. Uh, it's a, it's a gift, not a reward, uh, justified by the blood of Christ. And then sanctification is the process that we go through life, all the unfairness, uh, all the adversity, uh, all the things that should have never happened to us, all the injustness, the world's unjust, the world's unfair. I always tell people, put your big boy pants on. Uh, when I read my Bible, I learn two things. Number one, life ain't no fair. And number two, life is hard. So put your big boy pants on. Put your big girl pants on. It's accept. It's part of the process. And so sanctification is God's way to take all that unfairness, all that injustice, to make us more into the image of Christ. And then, of course, the last step of the process is glorification. And again, we have nothing to do with that either. That's uh, after we take our last breath here, out of bodies present with Christ, and then we get glorified. Well, you know, life has a three-step process, too, or I should say a three-part process. It's the smelting process. It requires flux. It requires dross. And it requires precious. You see, we go through life and we attach things to our identity. Our identity is so critical because we act as if. Remember even Jesus, when he walked this planet, I always bring this up. He was so clear in the John, there's the seven. They call it the seven I am statements. There's really eight because he said before Abraham was I am. He was basically saying he was there before Abraham because he's eternal. Uh, You know, we celebrate Christmas. That's only when God took on flesh as Jesus. He wasn't born, though. In our terminology, I guess he came through the birthing canal, but he's eternal. That was his incarnate time, those 33 years that he walked with us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and he dwelt among us. That's John, right? Beginning drawn. And see, what happens, we go through life and we think that's who I am. And so we attach all this stuff to our identity. And the problem is we act as if, if you've been told all your life you're a screw up, how do you think you're going to act? If you've been told all your life you're a mistake, how do you think you're going to act? If you've been told all your life you are a waste of life, and conversely, if you've been told all your life you're special, if you've been told all your life you have a purpose, if you've been told all your life that God has great plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans for hope in the future, because you are God's masterpiece, prepared in advance, anew, uh, with good works for you to walk through, that God designed in advance. All you got to do is have the confidence, the courage, the faith to step through. And see, that's what I do. I take all that stuff that you attach that you should never should attach to your identity, and I help you separate from it. It's kind of like in Arkansas. You know, they got a lot of lakes kind of like here in, in Minnesota. And what happens is I see those signs that be care, beware of hitchhikers. That's what the sign says, beware of hitchhikers. I'm like, what? And they're talking about boats. You take a boat, you leave it in the water for a while. And then after a while, you take that, and then you take that boat and you put it in another waterway. And now what you've done is you might have had some hijackers, some creatures who attached to the hull of that boat. And when you took it out of that one lake of water and put it into another lake of water, you now transferred that little life form from one environment to a brand new environment. And so they tell you, beware of hitchhikers. So every once in a while, you got to scrape your hull. Well, that's the same thing for us, right? 
every once in a while you got to scrape the hole. How do you know to do that? You go to something like I do at likeitmatters.net. It's a controlled environment. See, flux is important. See, we have this precious, and that's you. You're precious. God said, for God so loved the world, he, he gave his only begotten son, that you were worth it. If you were the only one, he would have died for you. So that means precious. And then we have this stuff, dross. And dross is waste. It's foreign matter. It's impurity. Something that is base. And then you have this thing called flux. Flux, I got a few different definitions. The action or process of flowing or flowing out an abnormal discharge of something to treat a metal object with a flux to promote melting. See, that's what sanctification is. God takes the difficult things in our life to promote melting. See, and that's what I do in my class. I take you in the fire furnace and I put some pressure on you. Why? Because of the flux that you brought in. You brought in trauma, you brought in drama, different levels for different people. Some of us have good childhood, some of us don't. Some of us had good marriages, some of us don't. Some of us had good mental health, some of us don't. Not wrong, not right, not good or bad. A promise is a promise and a fact's a fact. Quit putting feelings and judgments on it. It is what it is. And what you gotta do is you gotta separate those things that you made part of your process that were never supposed to be part of the process. See, we have five ways that things get into us, our experience. We're a sensory-based creature. We see things, we hear things, we experience things, we smell things, and we taste things. Every single memory you have is in the five senses. Your five senses are the portal of entry into your experience. This is why be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Because we get hitchhikers. We get things attached to us. We worried about these uh, STAs, right? SDAs, sexually transmitted diseases. Well, what about spiritually transmitted diseases? What about how when you join two bodies together, your spirits also connect, and now you're dealing with all the garbage that that person brought into your spirit? All this stuff that's attached to us, and it needs an intense process to separate it. That's what I do. See, when you get squeezed by life, the only thing that can come out of you is what's in you. Remember when Jesus Christ was squeezed by life? He said seven things on the cross. That was the squeezing. And the first one was important. We all need to hear it. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. See, when Jesus Christ was squeezed, what came out of him, what was in him, just like what comes out of you is what's in you, just like what comes out of me is what's in me. Because if it wasn't in you, it wouldn't be coming out of you. This hatred, this bitterness, this resentment, this keeping your pound of flesh, your record wrong, we got a Biden administration wanting to pit us against each other, hating us. Might want to hate people that look different, hate people that vote different, hate people that don't believe in the vaccine, hate people that don't believe in abortion on demand, hate people that believe in God. Hate, hate, hate. And you got all this hate, all this anger, and then your guy cuts you off on the freeway. Then your spouse doesn't give you what you want. Then your kids don't respect you. And you stop, 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 snap. And so you got to clean up what you put in your head, separate yourself from that which doesn't serve you well, that draws. So that the purity comes out, which is the precious, which is you. I remember years ago, I had a a young lady. She was 17, 18 years old. Her mother had heard about me from some friends that had been through my training. And her daughter was suicidal, depressive, getting ready to graduate high school, going off to college. And and mom and dad were scared to death for this little girl, wondering if she was going to make it. And so uh, they sent her to my training. And she struggled mightily. Man, did she struggle. 
She had a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, suicidal tendencies. She had some things happen between uh, male and females that had traumatized her at a young age already. Uh, and it was tough. She made it through. I was so proud of her. She overcame. She left there with so many tools, so much belief that she could be better and do better. And so um, Monday morning, I'm at the office. Uh, I walk in, and my, there's a message on my phone. It's her mom, and she's in tears. She goes, Mr. Black, Mr. Black, call me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happened? And so I call her up. I get her on the phone, and she starts crying again. I'm like, what is wrong? And she goes, I got to tell you what happened. My daughter came home uh, Saturday night, and the dog was barking like crazy. Like, like he didn't know her, but he knows her. She, he's been there all her life, and it was stunning. And then when she came in, she came in and went to her room and talked to her sister, and then they disappeared. And, and her father said, man, she looked different. She carried herself different. She was, he was stunned. I mean, he, she, he could notice a difference. And they were gone for a while and, and didn't know what was going on, and, and he, she started getting worried. And then all of a sudden, they found out what had happened. See, my graduate was talking to her 16-year-old daughter. A sister, sorry, sister, and telling her all the things she learned about the mind and how you shouldn't put certain things in your mind and what's in you at some point comes out of you. And so she convinced her 16-year-old sister to clean up their iPods, clean it up, get rid of all the suggested music, all the music that was provocative and swear word driven. And she did. And so while they were doing that, they went to Merdell's, got some good Christian music. And while they were cleaning them up, her 16-year-old said, hey, can I just keep this one song, this one song? I really like it. And then this is what her sister said, my graduate, said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a batch of cookies, and I'm only going to put one scoop of poop in them. Are you okay with that? Now, ladies and gentlemen, if I'm looking at a dozen cookies on a plate, and I think there might be a flecko poop, I'm going to diet. And the moral story is, if you want to put a flecko poop in your mouth, why would you put that crap in your head? You've got to be a good steward of your experience, what you're listening to, what you're watching, where you're going, what you're believing. And you can come to me at likeitmatters.net. I can clean up the past and let's draw the line in the sand so you can be a, have a better tomorrow by making different choices today. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. This is our hour of power where we remind you when you live your life like it matters. It does. Everything really wrapped up nicely. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code CLOCK for an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's code C-L-O-C-K. Use code CLOCK for an extra 25 cents per gallon back in your first fill-up. Cashback's not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Ringing Liberty at... 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.